Welcome to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom. And as always, we are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. has broken like the first <coughs> morning. I oh. had to get I had to get the recording started. <laughs> oh I'm Cody. That I mean that was Craig Craig singing. <laughs> now this is what Craig sounds like when he sings that morning has broken <laughs> like the first month oh you are methodist at heart <laughs> no i'm just a depressed bob dylan sometimes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh, bob dylan dude i okay do you know that rolling stone does uh they have a list of the 500 best songs you know in history which is ridiculous, but I, I think they mean recorded history. But yeah, but also, what, I mean, number one, not one through 10, you know, that's exciting, but you know, think about when they're going, okay, what's 251? No, that's 252. I mean, where, where does the yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> come on, I know. It is a lot of, but so they have that list. They update it, you know, every, I think 10 years or something like that. But the per, it seems like the permanent number one song is a Bob Dylan song. and. I have a friend who thinks that it's, I, he actually calls it sm fart sniffing is what they're doing is what he calls like smelling their own farts is because it's called like a rolling, like a stone, rolling you know, stone, you know, yeah. right. And the number two song is a rolling stones song. Yeah. I forget which one, but, uh, kind of, yeah, but he went like, I, I can make an argument for that Bob Dylan song. Cause it truly was, I mean, when we're listening back now, oh gosh, almost 60 years later, it's like, you know, okay, it doesn't seem, but at the time it was like, so it was a revolutionary type song, especially for him and his style of music. So let's see, I just, I, I just, oh, I see it's, it's, I just went to the link, you know, to, to look at that. It opens mm -hmm. up at 500 and goes 498 and you got to scroll <laughs> oh, my gosh. all the way down. <laughs> Oh man. Like, uh, let's see. Um, but he was like, if you walked, I don't know. I don't know why he was using this as an argument because he was also, he was trying to have it both ways. He was like, they, for one, there's like 12 Beatles songs in the top 30 or something like that, or top 20 and which I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, yeah, okay. You know, Beatles, but he was like, it's, you know, that's like, uh, they're, they're overrated. 
But his argument against Bob Dylan was you can't walk up to somebody on the street and say, hey, name three Bob Dylan songs and they'll name three, Bob, you know, it's like, right. and I'm like, but right. you can't have it both ways, dude. If it's the Beatles are overrated and a popular appeal, so many people think, yeah. So this, this is this is based on guessing on popularity and perhaps longevity. I mean, that, that mm -hmm. it contributed something to the musical catalog that kind right. of stands the test of time. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just scrolling through this list and here's maybe a little test for you. All right. Okay. All right. So I just landed on number 399. Okay. Tell me if you can sing this song. Oh my gosh. It's by the Temptations. Okay. All just right. Imagination. Just my imagination. Running away with me. Yeah. Yep. Good, good. All right. Uh let's see. Let's go down the list. You're just gonna grab them or hand them, okay? Yeah, I am. So that's a good song, though. Well, I hope you know. But here's one that stumps me. I mean, I couldn't get the melody, but I'd recognize the okay. voice for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because Al Green has such a memorable voice, but oh, I yeah. don't know that I know this song. It was a it was a hit in uh, July 1971. Okay. I'm tired of being alone. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't know oh. that one. Tired of being alone. Nope, I don't think I can sing that one. Here, you, we should, no, yeah, I was wondering if you could play it. Yeah, it didn't have a, it doesn't have a That's lyric. all right, <laughs> I know. Um, oh, and then, then yeah, number number 297 is uh, The Zombies. Um, she's Not There, you remember that one? Oh yeah, yep, mm-hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. um, Which, one of those things of rock and roll history. So yeah. the, the uh, singer, songwriter, whatever, the guy who was part of the zombies. Yeah. Uh, the main guy's name was Rod Argent. Okay. And he got more famous for a band by his own name, Argent. Oh. Can you a song by Argent? No. <laughs> really? No, can you? I don't know. Yeah. What? Hold your who? head up. Hold your head up. Hold oh. your head up. Dun, dun. Okay. Yeah, I know. I did. I guess I just didn't realize that was Argent. No. Um, I might. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, Run DMC, Walk This Way is oh, too. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's just so derivative. I don't know. <laughs> well, I but know. I, I guess in the 200s, you don't really have to be creative. You know. <laughs> That's true. But also, early, you have to think of early on in uh, rap history too, how it was. Oh, wow. So after 20, 27 weeks at number one in 1956, Elvis Presley, Don't Be Cruel, only comes in at 200. Oh, wow. But I've got a half a year. He probably has higher ranking ones, though, I'm sure, on this list. I bet he's Gnarls, got Gnarls Barkley is oh, yeah, Gnarls Barkley. 100 with uh, Crazy. Whoa, Crazy! Wow. It's a good song. I don't know. Top hundred. Okay. I can make a case for Bob Dylan at number one. I don't know if I can make a case. But I'm looking at some of these in the top hundred. It's like you too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, the Ramones, oh, uh, Creek Pop. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what's, what's the highest U2 song I wonder on there? Uh, I don't know. That'd be interesting. I don't know if they're cross I still haven't found what, I look at, what I'm looking for. That should be way up there. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So I wonder what the number 11 song is. People make a big deal about the top 10, you know. Top 10, yeah. 
Well, uh, well I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's got to be a Beatles. Number <laughs> 11, you think, is a Beatles song? Well, just because there's so many he was saying in the top 20. There's a good chance <laughs> that it's a Beatles song. Well, come on. Why isn't it showing up? <laughs> I don't know. It went to 50 and then just stopped. Ah. What, did you have to buy the magazine or something? Really? Oh, I don't know. He was able to find it. I don't think he has a. Well, that's weird. Uh, hey. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> so. um, greatest albums. Oh, they've done the greatest albums of all. 500 greatest albums of all time, too. Ooh. Yeah, for some reason it goes to 50 and then it doesn't have a link to the to the lower numbers. Anyway, so that's such is life. <clears throat> okay, ready? Here's top. Okay, top 10. You found uh, it? Number 10 is Ray Charles. What I what I say. Nirvana, number nine. Smells like teen spirit. Oh, that's yeah, definite. Ooh. Uh, okay. Here's one he didn't like that they included in the top five. And I I can make a case for this in the top five. Aretha Franklin, respect. Oh, how could you not go? Oh, yeah. Man, that's, oh, yeah. that's huge. Uh-huh. Okay, but for some reason, let's see if they... Well, wait, now, just out of curiosity, so in the top 10, how yeah. diverse are we talking about? So we've got Ray Charles and we've got Aretha Bob Franklin. Dylan, Rolling Stones, John Lennon, Imagine, Marvin Gaye, number four, what's going on? Good. Oh, wow. Aretha Franklin, number five, respect. Beach Boys, Good Vibrations, number six. Chuck Berry, Johnny Be Good, number seven. The Beatles, Hey Jude. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, and Ray Charles, What I Say. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about, just the, the influence of diverse voices in pop music and kind of just trying to trace that through. Yeah. Um, I mean, because there's, there's waves of, of uh, pop music and you know different genres and i you know i i i kind of even though i don't really listen to much hip-hop yeah one of the things that i do appreciate about it i guess i'd say i respect about mm -hmm. contemporary hip-hop is most it seems like many of the artists are african-american yeah but it's music that is enjoyed across um, oh yeah you know racial and ethnic divides Yep, very much. And I think that's, that's, I like that. I mean, in the past, it seems it would be easily pigeonholed that, oh, you know, African-American audience, they're going to listen to rhythm and blues, soul yeah. music, you know, white people listen to country music and uh, pop and Britney Spears or whatever. <laughs> yep. But, but I remember growing up in the late 60s and the early 70s, it was this incredible mix, you know. Uh, the Isley Brothers, um, let's see, you know, um, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just this great mix of, um, yeah, it was more, it seemed more culturally diverse. And it seems like there's a little bit of that maybe getting back in the last 10 years with, with some aspects of hip hop and, and yep. rap. For sure. Uh, okay. Number 11 is My Generation by The Who. Talking about my generation. Do, do, wow. do, 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 do. And uh, actually, number 12, Sam Cooke, A Change is Gonna Come. Wow. That's a good one. That is a good one. That that reminds me. I mean, that's a huge civil rights song, like a mm -hmm. civil rights anthem. Yep. And 
what is the hymn that is the Af you know considered to be the civil rights or the African American hymn? It's uh, is it uh, raise uh, raise your voice and sing or uh, that's it yeah yeah and and you know I know that I know it when I hear it but I don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah, so we've done it, you know, like it's in our hymn book, actually, in the United Methodist uh, hymnal. Um, so we we have done it, you know, time to time. But it is, it's, I mean, it's, it's a powerful. I do you know, believe it's in it one of our hymnals, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 okay, so it is Black History Month, I, and we shared the information from Whitney Mistel or inclusive Idaho, but did you see that a local brewery partnered with inclusive Idaho? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our yeah. porter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, um, it's a really good porter. I think is it. I think it's. Um, is it? Um, they haven't named it yet. I thought. Well, but but what they've done is that they they did pomegranates one, and cherry. No, they did one over the summer uh, during the during the initial Black Lives Matter. Uh, movements that were developing. And then when Inclusive Idaho kind of came onto the scene with the Black Lives Vigil in June 4th or whatever, oh, the wow. brewery followed up with a Black is Beautiful porter. Ooh, that was um, a, I think it was a, like a blackberry stout. Oh, wow. Cool. It was, it was really, really good. But more than anything, I thought it was so cool that they started that. They had a huge uh, launch for it. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Um, so I think, you know, that's just a, that's a, an awesome thing. That's a cool partnership. And uh, some proceeds, uh, they said, you know, a good percentage of whatever the cells go to are going to go to Inclusive Idaho and some other uh, <clears throat> causes in the community. So pretty cool. I like that. I forget the name of the brewery, though. Do you remember the name of the brewery? I'd have to look it up to remember it, but I think I'll, I'll make sure I'll put I'll put a link in the um, okay. uh, show notes. There you go. I love it. I'll have and, a few to uh, share as well. Uh, I'll send you because when we talk, because we're going to talk about some Lent stuff, I have some resources to share. So oh, that's good. That's good. Because you got you've got Lent coming up much sooner than I do. Why do I have it my way with <laughs> at the same time for everybody? Well, um, perhaps you need more lead time than I do. <laughs> okay. Way. I mean, I'll tell you when you know when you got a tiny church like ours or our micro church. Yeah, uh, I like, like a little bit flying by the seat of your pants kind of a thing. It's like, oh, hey, next week's <laughs> Advent, let's do something. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, that is often how we operate too. But yeah. oh, hey, uh, look at what I'm wearing today. Let's see if I can angle my. Right, what I see is an Abbott Brothers hat. All right, but do you see the shirt? If you have more than you need, build a bigger table, not a higher wall. Is that a um... Casa de Paz yep. shirt? Thank you. Yep. It's oh, so I so uh, well. Then we should put a show link in for uh, Casa <laughs> de Paz there and make sure. Yeah. That, uh, um, go buy a shirt. Go buy a shirt, or go buy a book. Um, when, oh, we, yeah. when we interviewed Sarah, mm -hmm. um, she, her, she said her people, I'm not sure who her people are, uh, we're going to send, <laughs> send us a book so that we could read it before the interview. And uh, I, I didn't get the book. 
And so I finally just decided to download it on Kindle yeah. and I'm reading it and it is a great read. Awesome. Uh, it's, it's read, it, it's written partially as a kind of personal spiritual justice memoir. Yes. Of, you know, Sarah's eyes being opened and how she got into where, where, you know, what she's doing and, and uh, I'm, I'm about halfway through it, but it's just great stories and really compelling, uh, really good stuff. That is awesome. I love it. So um, speaking of yes, yes, positive pause, yes, you know, I thought I was I was thinking about some things, but I decided to let's see, let me go. Um, one of the one of the things that I have been doing lately is listening to a lot of Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah, awesome. and since they new came out with out. a new uh, new album two weeks ago, yes. And there was one song on there that just got me thinking about uh, about about Sarah and Casa de Paz. And it's like, it's out of that song. I thought, oh, hey, I should contact Sarah. If she if she, if she knows any of the folks over at uh, Scum of the Earth Church, which is connected with the band Five Iron Frenzy, um, the woman who plays saxophone in in Five Iron Frenzy, I forgot her name. Um, but she's one of the pastors at Scum of the Earth Church. So I thought, oh, Sarah, yeah. I wonder if you know these people across town in Denver. And that's where Sarah has a story that she's got to tell because she found out that her connection that she had with the church Scum of the Earth was actually yes. a KKK underground spy of some sort. Oh, that is. Yes, I remember you telling me this. Yeah, oh, so wow. I don't know. But so um, see if I, maybe I'll just play a little clip here of this um one of these new um, Five Iron Frenzy songs is called Lonesome for Heroes. Ooh. Ooh. Are you playing it? I don't hear it. You know are what? You sharing, are you sharing the audio with me? I'm going to stop that. Okay. I don't think you're sharing the audio with me. Yeah. So we got we to gotta get that ska on. <laughs> get your ska on and it, i was i was so happy to hear that there's still ska you know it's like okay yeah. some people think oh those days have passed you know no bring it back yeah there it is We know a hero in Denver. Yes. So, <laughs> so when I heard that song, it's like Denver is lonesome for heroes. My first thought, I know one. <laughs> yeah. That's so why do they sing? What's I wonder what the story is why they were like, let's choose Denver. Well, a... Actually, I think well, they live in Denver. But so Fiber and Frenzy. Do they really? Denver. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was thinking they were. Gotcha. And, yeah, so that's that's why Denver is, and Denver's mentioned, I think, on 
probably in one way or the other on just about all their their uh, recording or albums. Um, but through this album, like beginning to end, I mean, there's a little bit of the classic Five Iron Frenzy humor, but for the most part, do you remember that song that came out, uh, oh, maybe six months ago called Hymn for the 81%? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a really startling in your face um, plea to those evangelicals who supported like the most horrific things in the previous administration to like open their eyes, repent and turn around. Um, Now I would, this, this album is kind of, of a similar vein. Oh, yes. Uh, It's, but, but but it's much more of a slap in the face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the um, uh, the uh, hymn for the eighty percent is kind of a lament, plead, right. pleading, begging. <laughs> this yeah. is like this is a punch. Yeah, this is a punch. <laughs> yeah, um, they they I forgot what there's a line in there about uh, you know all these money grubbing people who um, um, support all these industries that are destroying the world, and how the church is you know supporting and promoting and enjoying the benefits of those corporations and yeah. how these corporate these these churches are so happy about this um i forgot the line but anyway it's something about uh, except for the pacifists it's like they like all these christians buying all this stuff but they don't like the pacifists because i guess we don't buy the bullets yeah we don't buy the bullets <laughs> oh my goodness wow um, yeah well while i'm thinking about it i had another song of theirs queued up but that was just a plug okay. for sarah <laughs> But this, this is another one called Renegades, which I, it's one of my favorites on there. I love the strong horn. The congressmen are concubines for lobbyists who feed the minds. The Frankenstein's some pantomimes, I'm crying over Columbine. Yes, your capital, it swarms with cannibals. Kids are shot, they chuck it up as at the thought. They load the guns and reminisce and tell us it's just business. They hope we overlook the halls at Sandy Hook. Sing a mess of lazy fair. Close your fists, you billionaires. Hide behind the forefathers. Close your eyes to our sons and daughters. As we whisper
That is, that is, I mean, it's, it's powerful because at what it, at least to me, it speaks out of real pain. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, I, you know, that one verse, they make the connection with their own community of Columbine. Yeah. And then connect it to uh, the Andy halls Huck. of Sandy Hook. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. And then go ahead and pull in the Christians who are happy that their profits increase uh, for selling all these bullets. And uh, it is, it's, it's just one to dwell on, you know, read, read the prophets and then read that. <laughs> right. I think, um, okay. Two things really jumped to my mind. One, you know, sometimes music, a lot of music that I appreciate, I have the lyrics where like, you have to really sit and think about them. This is one you don't, you know, cause it's like, bam, it's like, this is the message. Boom. <laughs> and so I appreciate, you know, like, True. Sometimes that's what you need that. You just need that boom in your face. Like, don't overthink this. This is bam. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. yeah. Also, the other thing I thought, why do you, I don't know, maybe it's because you mentioned their name in passing a few minutes ago, but whenever I hear Reese Roper's voice, uh, I don't know why I think of The Clash for some reason. Does he sound uh -huh. like he could be, you know, like maybe similar? Is there something about their style of music that'd be like, hey, that's like updated is, know, is Scott updated the Clash style? You know, I mean, there, there, there were elements of the Clash. Clash did have followed the ska beat and rhythm and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, without the horns, of course. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and there is a sneering quality to it. Yeah. Um, somebody, one, one reviewer, I remember this was years ago when I first started enjoying uh, Five Iron Frenzy, like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the early commentators said Reese Roper sings like he's constipated. Um, oh, come on now. And it's like, well, that's kind of rough. Um, yeah, geez. But um, I mean, he does have this kind of slightly pained kind of sound, but I think it carries that sneer that it yeah. expresses. It's a very unique expresses you know, like no one kind else has that voice yeah. yeah so um yeah and who knows maybe this is a good segue to considering lent um, i mean hey. i mean the, the, if you if if you took this whole album and listened to it beginning to end and then just sat down for an hour to contemplate oh, you would yeah. be able to list not only the social sins that are like yep destroying community ruining the earth um just all around damage but you'd also begin to i think be able to because of the, the way it's written lyrically you'd be go you, you'd understand oh yeah this is where i'm contributing to this this is where what my part is this in is this. dude you're not you're gonna be blown away that is literally my whole lent theme is examining we're taking uh, the story of Christ, you know, and confronting the systems and power, powers that be in our day and age. And yep, we have an entire, like I have an entire week dedicated to like, all right, now uh, think about your role in this and what you need to, you know, turn away from tear so, you know, uh, so we're focusing on this idea of like sacrifice. So it'll include you know, if you're going to take this seriously, you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice your position of, you know, that you, your benefit in this system and uh, remove it, you know, so. And, 
Yeah. And, and, and would you say that that's part of like a traditional, I mean, in some ways, a, a traditional understanding of Lent that it's in that in that season where we are supposed to be considering these things and taking it, the, these things into account? Yeah. So I don't like this will be the first time, at least I uh, will, it will be less about personal, you know, personal okay. Lent, like personal and more about okay what is going on as a society now not that I, i'm that's a regular theme i, I touch on but never right. for lent you know as a okay i see what you're saying systemic. so this is this is concentrating those things in a season yeah okay so usually lent as in my experience has really been about okay personal deal with your personal you know uh personally deal with death you know on ash wednesday and then uh, personal sins or or personal space to grow with god which is all which is good it's all connected yeah. but you know i i i you know i hadn't thought about it uh, I, in fact i just started thinking about it today it's like oh ash wednesday is coming soon <laughs> it's like yeah. two weeks away i know uh, two it's wednesdays so away Yes. And there is a beautiful song. What uh, an artist that uh, I talk about frequently is uh, Audrey Assad. Mm. And Audrey Assad has these beautiful uh, renditions of traditional hymns, classic hymns uh, that are contemporary but still earnest to the tradition. They're they're not like pop songs at all. Uh, beautiful, beautiful music. And um, but her um if you fo I, I follow her on instagram and she's definitely entering through this dark night of the soul and going through this deconstruction process oh wow um and and one of the songs that came out of that is called mortal and it seems like it might be a worthy consideration for ash wednesday Ooh, in it, in part because it's i mean it celebrates mortality it means right. time is precious uh you know time is fleeting and in you know, appreciate what is there rather than looking at mortality and think well everything ends in death so what's the use it right. turns it the other direction yeah. so what what i have noticed with some deconstructionists they move to, to kind of this nietzsche uh nihil nihilism where nothing matters nothing is a value nothing counts right. because yep. there is because there is no god or god is dead um, but where she is, I really appreciate it. To me, at least my interpretation of the song, it turned it toward, um, you know, appreciating what we have. Right. Uh, maintaining gratitude. Yep. I was out, I had that on, I had my, uh, my, my uh, phone on autoplay, random place, random selection. I was running one day and I heard Mortal and was listening to it and go, oh, that's a good song. And then it was... Um, on random play was followed up exact right with um weezer and um oh, die, yeah. die you zombie um bastards yeah <laughs> and i thought right. hey those two those two kind of maybe work together so depending on what your congregation is like you might play both oh <laughs> uh, actually this reminds me of uh i can't remember when i did this but we were it was for nash wednesday and i actually did a study on uh before the Ash Wednesday, I was like, uh, the, for you know, because of our area, maybe it was the Mount St. Helens Ash was really in my mind. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I can remember, um, I was very young, so I don't remember what the consensus was, but it seemed like 
people had this idea and I went back and looked at some articles and it seemed like they were like, this is going to be devastated, you know, area for who knows how long, but actually like very quickly new life started to burst up out of the ash. And that's when they started to really analyze like, Hey, there's so much nutrients in this ash. That's like a that release. Yeah. <laughs> that just been, yeah. yeah and yeah. spread out. It was like but, a super, and fertilizer you, you, and it makes me think like you know like if you're thinking about death you know your approach could be oh it's all meaningless but you know what if this is all there is and your life can be you know at the end a nutrient for the new the next that's coming you yeah, know what i mean yeah um the i almost wonder if that's a more of a hebraic understanding from the oldest oldest parts of the old testament where yeah, I, 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 I do not believe they had this individualized conception of eternal life that we, right. we talk nope. about. And, and without even arguing whether or not that's correct or real or whatever, that's, to me, that's not the point. Um, right. I believe I do have some kind of conscious existence after death. I have no idea what it's like. Yeah, exactly. But, but for the, if, if I understand the ancient parts of the Hebrew tradition, it's dead is dead. And, and the, the, the sense of ongoing life at all is in your progeny and the continuing of yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And you play exactly. your part to make sure the next part continues. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, those are huge things just to contemplate. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so for ashes, what do you, what do you, do you have special things that you make the ashes from or a special ash well, recipe? <clears throat> actually, um, well, typically, you know, obviously we use, uh, have used the palms, the palm branches, right. you know, from the year before. But I have a collection that has lasted me the last couple of years because you can, you know, you can make it last quite a bit from a, uh, their ashes from, <laughs> it's kind of, it's from another church building in the area that burned down. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The pastor collected a ton of ashes from it because they knew, okay, we're going to rebuild eventually. But uh, she collected a ton of these ashes and she's like, I'm going to use these. You know, yeah. because it's like we're gonna you know we're using these we're gonna continue you know that same idea and uh, so she shared them with me and and i've been using them ever since just because that, so that is it. cool you know yeah that, that sounds like that sounds like a uh, commercial opportunity <coughs> to uh, <laughs> right. gather yeah. gather ecumenical ashes from across the you know you know the churches that are bar- burned down and go, go burn down a church and uh, no, 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 just benefit from the aftermath of a burned down. Oh, church. gotcha, gotcha. I mean, you could you could come up with a Catholic mix, a Methodist mix, or you could have the ec- ecumenical mix. Yes. Uh, you could have an evangelical mix and a, you know, reformed mix. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Or you could so even that's have what... a, yeah, like a Unitarian Universalist mix. And I'm not, I'm not just, I don't know what would be in it. Hmm. <laughs> a lot of a lot of things I think, a lot yeah. of ashes from a lot of buildings <laughs> yeah yeah probably probably more broadly not just churches yeah uh no but this year i don't we're not doing and then you know we're not gonna do it in person so we're sending yeah we're sending kids to people's homes okay, I was and we're gonna have them that. make make ashes at home so are you are go. you putting like white powder in an envelope and sending it <laughs> No, we're going to have them make make ashes at home. Okay. Uh, we'll send some instructions, probably paper, you know, and just mix yeah. some oil with it. And then, yeah. But, uh, so so I, I was contemplating that today while I was running. I was like, okay, should I, should I send some ashes 
you know, just drop it in the mail, send it to, you know, folks in the church and we could, you know, share the ashes. But then I thought, well, I don't think you should send dry powder in the mail. You know, no, even, don't do even it. if you put it in a sandwich bag, you know, or whatever, yeah, don't, steal don't it. Do it. It just, yeah, it seems inappropriate. Uh, yep, don't do it. But well, no, the, the other tradition is also to use uh, the the greens from the hanging of the greens. So Advent. Oh, yes. Either, yep. mm-hmm. you know, wreaths from Advent or garland yep. or even a Christmas tree. Yep. And That's so why there's a church here that does that. I, yeah. I tend to use Christmas tree because I never throw away my Christmas tree. Wait, so then how do you use a Christmas tree if you never? Throw it? Well, I never throw it away. So, you yeah. know, some people well, like burn it. Leave, some people leave them on the sidewalk, you know, for the for the city recyclers to come yeah. and take and they mulch them and whatever. Or the scouts. Well, sometimes yeah. here in our area, yeah, we'll come. And um, in some places it's the uh, fish and game departments come and take and they use it as fish habitat in lakes and reservoirs. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but um, no, I, I've got t- probably, you know, here now 20 years worth of uh, Christmas trees in my backyard. Because so I so I trim off all the branches. You're just getting a yeah. hatchet and just cut off all the branches, and all those you know um, branches that are packed with pine needles are great fire starter for the fire. Oh pit. yeah. Mm-hmm. So those those go to the side in the near the near the the pile of of lumber for the for the fire pit. So I've got those handy, and so I'll just go grab one of those branches of needles and I'll use that for my ashes. There you go. But then Good but idea. then the trunk of that Christmas tree gets stuck between um i i have series of um kind of parallel stakes around the garden and all i have to do is slide the trunk in between that in the stakes and it becomes a little Mm -hmm. wall kind of a barrier to keep the dirt in the garden from washing out on the onto the lawn that's cool so i've got i've got scrap lumber broken bunk (laughs) beds uh christmas trees you know to hold my garden together and it just seems like oh i don't know kind of has a i don't know florida man feel to it i don't know (laughs) florida man we lived in payette next to a house the parsonage was right next to a house the person had in their front yard a toilet you know just sitting there i don't know if they pot if they planted in it or not i can't remember that but it was just toilet there or some other random junk on the front yard though not in the backyard so like everybody could see all this accrual of uh just it's, hodgepodge it's, stuff it's history it's history yeah, yeah i guess so I don't know. so we're getting i'm getting a little off track but yeah maintaining yeah, yeah. the connection with the ashes so even the ashes themselves conveyed a story of something that ended it's something we we take on i love and it. remember our own our own mortality i love it so that's cool. Well, that actually, I thought of that when you said the fish and game come and pick up the tree and use it. Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, same idea. Continuing death, but new life. Can, can yeah, I think one of the life. one of the one of the challenges of of um, the idea of indiv- individual eternal life is this idea that I don't know. I mean, I I don't really hear it expressed, but I think it's in the background. There's this feeling of well, I got mine. Right. Uh, I've I've got I've got a ticket out of here. Uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. None of this matters. You know, right. matters anyway. <laughs> but, but to think of what am I doing for my neighbor, for my family, for the stranger, for the next generation. I think that's part of what that cycle of ashes kind of reminds me of. It's, I love it. it's, it's sure. I've got, I've got my, I got my ticket out of here when it, when I, you know, you know, breathe my last, but that doesn't mean I 
don't have a responsibility or an opportunity for everybody who's here. Amen. I love it. So yeah, we're trying to figure out a way to do uh, Ash Wednesday. So I think uh, I probably, maybe I'll just put some uh, uh, Christmas tree branches in the mail <clears throat> and, and send those yeah, around. There you go. Burn, burn them at home, include burn a recipe up. for oil. <laughs> yep, that's right. So. Yeah, that's basically what we're doing. Actually, we're sending uh, to families with children. This is a resource I'll send a link to you. But so one of the conferences, one of the Methodist church conferences, I think it's, uh, well, Michigan, I think, Michigan conference, they... Uh, put together a couple of folks uh, to craft a lint in a box to send home to families with kids. And it comes with some pretty cool stuff like a, they call it like a pretzel prayer. So you make pretzels at home and twist them up. And as you're twisting them, you're oh, saying prayer. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pretty cool stuff. So, and includes yeah. a ashes ritual and make your own ashes kit and stuff like that. And pretzels yeah. are really easy. People get freaked out that baking is a hard thing. It really isn't. It's not. And so <laughs> when, when we lived back in Pennsylvania, we went, we went to a place called Lidditz, Pennsylvania, into um, Sturgis Pretzels, which was the oldest pretzel factory in the United States, oldest pre oh. pretzel bakery. And that's where we first learned that the symbol of the pretzel itself, I mean, the classic three holes and the little twisty in the middle, was actually something that a monk created to teach children how to pray. That's probably what this is based yeah. on, the pretzel so, prayer. I bet this so is based on that. one of the things that we, you know, we think of prayer as putting our hands together, you know, palm to palm, mm -hmm. but it was also crossing the arms and placing your palms on your shoulders. Oh. And that was, the, that was the twist of the pretzel. Oh, that's good. And then the three holes were the reminder that it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is so cool. Offered. So, so that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, here it is. A young monk baked the first pretzel, making Lenten bread of water, flour, salt, Forming the dough into the prayer position of the day and baking it in soft bread. Ah, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. That is cool. There it is. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> so you so found it. Stick that link on a, on the show notes. Okay. That'll be good. To yeah. Send people to go make pretzels next week. Or that's very cool. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, it's the Lent and about, and it's broken down into weeks too. So every week has kind of a different practice you could do. Like one is a nature prayer walk uh, thing, and yeah, that's pretty cool. So that was a good one we found. So you've, you've kind of chosen a theme for, for Lent, right? I mean, yes. it sounds like mm -hmm. you've got that already thought out. Um, are yeah. you tagging it at all to the lectionary or have you chosen your own yeah. passages to go with? No, we're using the lectionary passages. Okay. It fits very nicely with the theme uh, because, that, well, for the first one, uh, the first uh, Sunday in Lent is the passage of Jesus, you know, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, and we're going to talk actually about this idea of repent, literally meaning, I mean, the word metanoia is like uh, expand your mind. And so we want to think about this is where we're going to lay the groundwork of yeah. expand beyond like sin as just a personal thing, but like a systemic, you know, a bigger issue. And how can we change direction, right? Uh, basically, right. with the repent. So, yep. Mm -hmm. The, um, you know, this is a, a season that I have frequently, especially this series, the B. The, the B season or the B year of the, of the lectionary. Yes. Uh, that the Old Testament texts are about covenants. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. so we have, you know, the covenant with Noah after the flood, got the Ten yep. Commandments coming up. There's, um, oh, I can't re remember what they are. There's the covenant that comes to the people after the establishment of the, of the temple. And it's Jeremiah saying, you know, the, the covenant will be written in one's heart and, and all that. Yep. And, it's this theme of covenant, and I, 
I've, I rarely ever get to pick up that topic, I think. And so I'm kind of going to ride that one, but, but I'm, I'm, I want to make sure that the conversation fits in with the other scripture text. This is, I generally choose one, like one of those, one of those subcategories in the lectionary. Like I almost every week preach out of the gospel. That's it. You know, I'm just, yeah. I, that's, there's plenty to go that's on a, there. Oh, yeah. But when, when Lent comes along, it seems like there is a clear attempt to make the old Testament, the prophetic reading and the Psalm reading and the gospel follow yep. a theme together. I agree with that. And so it's a little bit more of a preaching challenge, I think, but I, yeah, I wonder, you know, what, what is the value these days of, of understanding the meaning of covenant? One of the things that Carla and I've been doing with our, our podcast, um, here's a plug, a commercial. In fact, in fact, we, we could even say that it's, you know, maybe a sponsor oh. <laughs> of the All That's Holy Blue Collar <laughs> podcast. <laughs> tune in to not holier than you <laughs> not holier than you i love it and uh, one of the things we were talking about this last week is we have this con that there is this this idea of the the people of god especially in the hebrew bible being called the chosen people mm. and how that's really in many ways a misnomer or they're called the elect which also sounds like a misnomer in many ways because it sounds as if just by virtue of who they are they get special treatment you know, you're the chosen, you're the elect. Right. And it, I think it was the work of, um, not Brueggemann. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, Le Leslie, Leslie Newbigin. Leslie Newbigin. Oh, yeah, worked yeah. on the term the elect. And his, his point of the elect was the elect aren't elected and like, da-da, they're elected. You know, why, why, do, why do people get elected to office or whatever it is to do something? that the right. elect Service. is actually a commissioning mm -hmm. and to be the elect means you are the commissioned ones that's right and so it's really not a place of prestige and uh, that we can rest back and go well i'm already in i'm one of the elect it makes me wonder if i should go back and reread calvin and kind of see where where you know if he is the pivot that turns it in another direction Ooh, or if it was somebody after but but then if this there's these covenants does that does that covenant mean we are not exclusive? You know, it's not that Abraham was exclusive. Uh, right. Everyone was invited. Everybody's available to to participate, but only a few respond. I mean, Jesus says that. You know. Right. About many are called, but few. You know, are you know, you know, enter the narrow way i mean yeah it's it's a repeated theme that everybody's welcome and we right. in our podcast we kind of said well maybe it's a little bit more like um like costco you know everybody's invited to costco it's a it's a membership store it's a club whatever you want to call it but you know yeah really you, you pay an annual fee anybody can get in they really don't you know, that's right it's, you it's not like you're that money. special <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we didn't really get into it, but in the back of my mind, I, I was thinking I, I had a clip, uh, but I didn't play it. It was about uh, Tracy Jordan, you know, in 30 Rock. He's going into mm -hmm. this jewelry store and he sees this, uh, this, he's looking, he's looking for a gift for his wife. And he all of a sudden sees this um, necklace and he's like, oh, that, I like that, you know, and it says E-G-O-T on it. And EGOT. And he's like, oh, I want that. EGOT, E-G-O-T. That's the Emmy, Golden Globe, Oscar, nope. and Grammy. Tony. 
I think it's oh, Grammy. Grammy. Yeah, yeah, Grammy. Any Grammy, oh, Oscar, okay. Tony. Yeah. And so it's a very select club. Yeah. You know, and that's not a club anybody can enter. That one is exclusive. It's yeah. not. And, but, and, I, and I do think that's what the chosen people or what these covenants are trying to communicate. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a promise that's available for all. So I want to really right. think I want to build on that. I love it. Uh, well, you know, what? Uh, it's interesting that the original makeup of people who came out of Egypt, which became the, you know, Hebrew people, is really a hodgepodge mix of whoever right, <laughs> was right. slaves at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I mean, there's there, there still are these rituals to enter into the community, into the covenant people, but they're not meant to be exclusive. I mean, they're right. meant to be ways to enter into. Um, I've, I've been using the, um, and I, I think I'd recommend this, maybe especially if somebody wants to pick up this covenant topic as you read through the Old Testament. Um, but I've been using the Common English Bible a lot lately, and it and it twists around some very familiar phrases in a way that makes us think a little bit more okay, so it takes like the that. it takes the word uh in the old testament for stranger yeah and continually interp uh, translate that translates that as immigrant Ooh. yeah you know, so stranger isn't simply somebody who's unfamiliar it's somebody who needs a home who find who who that's is right. who is placeless yep that's uh, right. and and then um I think it also, in its marginal notes, uh, makes sure that we know when we hear the name Hagar, her name means immigrant. Yeah. Yep. And so all these things about welcoming the stranger, welcoming the stranger, also Ooh. has this underlying message about welcoming Hagar, Ooh. who was cast out. Um, so, so I think you know, there's, I think you know, reading different translations uh, and then looking at their. Mar I, really recommend people to read the preface of any bible translation to pick up oh yeah to find out what the translators are trying to accomplish right not, yep. not just read around like oh i like this verse better i'm gonna hold it on just to that sounds one. nice yeah yeah so right. i like that one no but you know what what's the purpose of the translation and then see if that fits into uh you know kind of a theological i love it angle that that that, that works oh, that's cool what's another direction for for uh, advent <clears throat> lent yeah, that too. Through Lent. Um, yeah, something don't that, rush ahead here, but yeah, you know, um, you know, maybe that's a maybe that's a good Freudian slip. I mean, Advent sometimes <laughs> is thought as the as that necessary right. delay until we get to Christmas. That's is right. Is Lent that necessary delay until we get to Easter? It's like uh, a, a mini know. a mini Lent. Yeah. Almost. So, I mean, do we need to dive into it for its own purpose? rather right. than making it just subservient to some other goal i like it um uh oh well so uh so uh, one thing we're doing um do you know you're probably familiar so i don't want to completely do away with some personal practice and devotional right. time yeah so we're actually in uh making use of um uh mary oliver poetry you know mary oh, oliver yeah her book devotions so we're going to use that as kind of a Lent um, companion. We have like a weekly reflection on and using scripture and so one of her poems from devotions together to reflect on. So we're going to do that. So are you, uh, are you going to be doing that via like an online um, Facebook group or Zoom group? Well, or something oh, like that? I hadn't thought about that, but we could for sure. That's yeah. a definite, yeah, no, I was going to send uh, home or send to people by email and mail, basically some, 
kind of a PDF or printed out version of a, it's like a 12 page, you know, booklet type of thing to right. once a week reflections, but you can do weekly, you can repeat it throughout the week. So basically, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that. Mary Oliver pose. I thought about it, that or Wendell Berry, but I went with Mary so Oliver. Have, have you bought any Amanda Gorman books? Oh, yeah, I pre-ordered, yes, I bought the, okay. their, I don't know when they ship, it'll be a while. I think it's yeah, summer I, or fall. I, I want to find places for her poetry because yeah. um, I, I, um, I, I think it would be interesting devotional poetry as well. Oh, yeah. Just from the, the very few things that I've read. Uh, yep. Read an interesting article. I wish I could remember where it was, but it was just in passing. But it was, it was her talking about her faith. She's practicing Roman Catholic. And um, so when you hear those elements of you know, echoing biblical and, themes, it's yeah. not happenstance. That's right. Uh, it's intentional. And it's oh, like, huh, good. I wonder if there's some oh. things there that would be good for for reflection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one, of the, one of the reasons Carla and I did the, are doing a podcast is because we wanted to study a different topic uh, with our yeah. adults, but we were too lazy. I was too lazy to sit down <laughs> and type up a new curriculum to follow a thing. And that thought, you know, be a whole lot easier just to, to talk with, you know, my, my favorite, you know, um, podcast co-host. Well, second favorite. I don't know. But oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> you know, you, she, could, she could take the top spot. It's fine. She's, she's got it. I love her voice. Gosh, she's got a great voice. Anyway. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I thought, like, can this be something that you would do online, you know, or somehow it's just, is that a good idea? We definitely could. Absolutely. Yeah. We could definitely do that. Uh, yeah. Make it a, you know, still send it out those ways. Right. So, you know, whatever, if you can't make it, but then yeah, do a video because it's a reading the scripture, it's reading the poetry and then it's asking a couple questions, okay. you know, to think through and meditate on. So yeah, that'd be something very yeah, easy. I, yeah, I, you know, one other, you know, it's, it's hard to know when do you put on too many layers, you know, too many activities. Yeah, oh, right. Um, so true. Yeah, that's why I was making this one not a daily, right? rather than, you know, it's kind of one reading a week. And so whenever you can, but you know, you could do it on Sabbath day if you want, or Sunday, right. Sunday if you want or whatever, but yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to, yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? You can overburden people uh, in Lent with, you need to be making space for God. So do these 900 things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't know what the, what the pretzel recipe is, but that needs to be as simple as possible. You know, just go get a can of biscuits from the grocery <laughs> store and use that yeah. if you have to. That's pretty um, easy. Oh yeah. You it, could do it that way. I mean, yeah. the, the idea is not to add things that are going to make you feel oppressed, but to find exactly. still in the midst of this kind of uh, personal and social reflection that includes times of, of um, conviction and repentance to also make sure there's times for joy um, joy is not, um, it's not just an add-on in, in Lent. It should be a part that's, you know, what, I, what I'm looking for. It's like in, integral. Yeah. To it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Palm it, Sunday. It, I, mean, is I, a I would not repent. Well, even even the concept of repentance. I mean, why yeah. would you turn around if you did not have hope that the thing you're turning around toward had more good. life to offer? You know, that's good. So, exactly. So 
even that that ability to repent because if you can't repent and things are falling apart then you're stuck with this thought that everything's going downhill and there's nothing we can do about it it's and there's just, nothing oh. it's just uh depressing and disappointment and that's life oh i love it i love it i'm gonna ride so, on the joy of so repent repentance is joy um <laughs> that's right yeah it's uh what was it c.s lewis who said something along the lines of like uh, maybe he was, he was trying to be i think kind of funny but also profound at the same time of like hey I sometimes wish I could just keep sitting for the joy of, you know, forgiveness or something along those lines, like the joy that comes with forgiveness, you know, <laughs> but something like that. Maybe it was, maybe that was Luther. That sounds more, maybe like. That a sounds Luther. more Lutherish. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But then, yeah. So Luther just changes the definition of sin. So he can just keep doing it. So. <laughs> you just do what I <laughs> Didn't Augustine do something kind of similar? that's kind of why i think some of those folks did that it's like well i don't want to change that part there's too many benefits keeping this thing up well so, constantine right he yep, didn't exactly. get baptized until he died so you could <laughs> yeah just want, I want to hold that off because yeah <laughs> cover it all you know there's so much to that about waiting until he died that is kind of wonder what was going on in his head yeah. Do you think it's true or is that kind of an apocryphal story? Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who would, who would be the one to, uh, who would be the ones to say, here's the definite history of, of Constantine. I, I mean, I, I, I right. don't know that he had a biographer who was right there at his side. That's uh, true. Ooh. Ooh. You know what? I don't know why I just thought of this. Maybe because we're talking about biographers, you know, who Ibram X Kindy is, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was the editor at just, I think they just released it. It's called 400 Souls. Yes. Where did you I You know see about that? this? I saw Dude, I this saw, looks so good. Was, was, was it something on some streaming network? I saw, I saw an advertisement for it. Um. <laughs> it's like a community. It's a history told by a com about a community told by the community rather than an individual or a few people. It's literally, I think, 90 different people taking five-year chunks or something and, art, and, and working with an artist, too, and stuff like that, and crafting a 400-year history uh, as a community. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've got... It, I'm going to have a hard time putting together the links for this um, <laughs> uh, conversation. Well, that's our whole deal for the first the first I mean, I, week of the month is going to be resource heavy for pastors. Well, yeah. So, but the point is, I, so I'm taking notes. Like, oh, I got to ask Cody for that link. You know, find, <laughs> go find the 400 souls. You know, it's like, it's like I'm writing things down. It's like, oh wait, I got where is that? So, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to do a little. Um, exchange of notes when this conversation's done <laughs> okay. right. yes i will do that i'll make sure to i've got them pulled up here so i'll send them to you all right okay. anything, else on, any, anything else on lent we should cover i mean anything in particular um hmm. have you been have, hmm. what tell me this before we get too far along the way and, you know, yes. i don't know if we want to yes. go into holy week yet but <laughs> Ooh. well oh just well, here's a, here, uh, no. here's a liturgical a question yes is liturg is holy week a part of lent seven i think so right 
<laughs> I don't know. Or do they own their own? I mean, I know the three days are kind of. Well, I mean, I, I believe Lent goes from Ash Wednesday right. to Palm Passion Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah. One. Okay. Pro yeah, you're probably but right there. But I'm not there. sure then is, is Holy Week its own thing? Or is it actually part of the Easter I've heard this Vigil? Before. Oh, or is the sure. Easter Vigil a week long? It's a good question. Holy Week, yeah, it's probably its own separate thing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah interesting. Good questions there, Craig. Now I got to go do some history so, <laughs> search. Way to go! Thanks. I uh, do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> um, I'm a mama, mama, mama. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I don't remember. Oh well. Oh, the Mary Oliver book. I was going to tell you, I'll send this link too. Okay. The devotions, you can buy it, but actually they've, her publishers or somebody has given a, um, a blessing to uh, have a, there's an online version of it that you can get, read the whole book free. Oh, really? Via PDF. Yep. That's good. So I'm going to send that as a, That's good. a link too. Yep. 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 So I don't know why that jumped in my mind, but there you go. Yeah, I don't have much else for Lent. Oh, I was going to say when we want to talk about, so to talk about Holy Week, we actually could do that next month as our March. Uh, resource. Yeah. yeah, March. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll have, we'll have resource, until April. So we'll have resource links uh, for this conversation yes. on the show notes. Yes. And we'll also make mention of the fact that in march we'll have more resources coming up holy week specific yes holy week specific or when and maybe when, a few other things past what, holy when week. is easter uh april yeah, yeah, like 7th a few, other a few other things past holy week like easter <laughs> well that's what i mean i mean yeah, I like, it kind of downplays the uh you know the grand conclusion <laughs> or no it's april hang on is it april 4th is that right if you say so. I think that's right. So that means we wouldn't even meet in, yep, Sunday, April 4th. So in April, yeah, we wouldn't yeah. even meet yet for our podcast. Right. So yes, so, we got to do Easter. So March, March, we'll pick up a Holy Week Easter. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Boom. You know, and I think one of the things about Lent, you know, also, this isn't really a resource, but it's a reflection. Yes. It, it, it is a, a real, to me at least, a significant awareness that we've been in this pandemic mode for a year so true i mean I'm, and i'm not counting 365 days or whatever it is but but just in that whole liturgical year um and and one of the things that i think is in fact going to be a challenge is coming out of this oh huge i've heard from a number of people that they are thinking that when we come out of this people are going to be coming to church they're not going to be yep. you know, e even when it's safe to yep. we've become um, um comfortable uh, with the technology yep. familiar with the technology uh, yep. we'll use it when we can but if like hey i wake up i overslept i'll just log into church and oh wait I, they're not doing a hybrid service uh, i guess i have to be there well no i guess uh, i'll just roll uh, over no. to sleep yeah. <laughs> all right um yeah and so yeah i think it'll be interesting to see how we navigate our way moving forward I think um, so. we continue to have parallel tracks. Right. Yeah, I think 
I have seen some pastors in some online forums that I'm a part of talk about how they're like, as soon as we can, we're just cutting this so that then it forces people to come. But I do, I think even in that instance, people are just gonna be like, and then I, yeah, I, that I have no reason to, <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. connected at all. So, yeah. Yeah. And now one of the things that, that we do, but I don't really like, but we do it anyway, <laughs> is, um, <laughs> So uh, it, Mennonites, for some reason, have a weird thing with communion. Now, grew up in the Presbyterian Church. We did communion on the first Sunday of every month. Right. It's like, what's, and then I always had this attitude, like, well, what's so darn special about. I know. <laughs> that calendar, you know, that doesn't make uh -huh. any sense. Right. And then Mennonites traditionally, for so many centuries, had this practice of the week before communion, Everybody has to check in with everybody to make sure that nobody has any um, sins or burdens that they're carrying or broken relationships. Sure. And you need to spend the week going through restoration and forgiveness. And so when you come to the communion table, uh, one of the questions was, is everything right between you and your brothers and sisters? And when you affirm, then you participate. But if it's Ooh, not, yeah. it's that leaving your gift at the altar thing and, and right. going and mm -hmm. reconciling. And I think there's a, a, me, you know, a there's a value in that, but it yeah. used to be that is such a lengthy process. Nobody wanted to do that every month. <laughs> right, right. So, I have so many broken relationships. I, I gotta it's, and so, and so it was practiced twice a year, which gives you a lot of time to, to pile up the brokenness. You know, so you make you can really get into it. Um, oh my gosh! And so communion only twice a year, but it was you know partly because of the the labor, the 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 how hard it was to get all that stuff done. And then I remember um, I was talking about this with a, a friend of mine who, who's a nun. And she was like, are you, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Why would you do that? And that I mean, crazy. I knew the answer, but I said, well, how often do you take communion? Well, every day. And I said, does it ever? And because the, the other excuse was, well, if we took it more frequently, it would lose its value. It wouldn't be special. Right. Yeah, and so I mentioned right. that to, to the nun and she looked at me so shocked, like how in the world can anybody think like that? Exactly. And she said, it'd be like waking up and not having sunshine. Of course yeah. you have communion every day. And, yeah. uh, and so we began, I, or I kind of instituted, we're going to be doing communion at least at the beginning of every liturgical season. Okay. okay. As a way to kind of, you know, move into that and have some... But then I worked with the Churches of Christ and consulted with them for a while, and they do it every Sunday. Every, yep, every week. And, yep. and I like the fact that it's regular and part of that. Yes. Yep. Anyway, long ways around to say <laughs> it's really hard to figure out how to do communion correctly um, through Zoom. I know. Yeah. Uh, some people just take that you can't. If you're not literally gathered, you can't do it. But... Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think I do think we can find a way to do it without being literally gathered. Right. Because um, our bishop basically said it's a we call it a sacrament, which means you know a sacred moment of grace right. and uh, and the in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And and she was like, um, pretty sure the Holy Spirit, you know, can find you know we are not the arbiters of when and where and how. Right. The Holy Spirit and grace, you know, shows up and all that. So, yeah, I kind of, I kind of think the um, barriers to the Spirit's uh, ability to connect us doesn't depend on fiber optic cable, right? Okay. Probably something more internal to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. yeah, that's a good point. I think it's a great way to think about it.
Yeah, that's how she put it. So she was like, "So if you if you're in your community, go for it. Do it. Uh, do it virtually." And I, so I was thinking about baking some bread this week and then getting it distributed Ooh. to uh, our, our, our that'd awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then we all at least share a common loaf. But I don't yeah, know I like that. Say. Like that idea. One thing that I've been thinking about that helping me make it connect is um, maybe it's a stretch. I don't know, but you know, it all comes from the earth. The earth in the beginning was all blessed by God. And so it's all connected, you know, in a sense. So, well, then you're, 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 you're leaning uh, toward uh, some really good Anabaptist theology there. Uh, there you go. The, the early Anabaptists pushed away from sacramentalism out of, because they said where it wasn't that they didn't believe in the sacredness of things that bestow God's grace it's that it can't be limited to special people, right. special places, special right. rituals. It's that's right. This, it's everywhere. That's right. The trouble is when Amen. it's everywhere, then it's also nowhere. You know, it's kind of hard that's to well maintain true. that. So, <laughs> but so it's, it's all about then in that moment. Sorry, so it's that so, moment of recognizing that. Yeah, yes, yeah. there you go. That's what it is. So, yeah. mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. All right. I'm secretly Anabaptist. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably are. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So what was I what was I talking about yesterday? And I thought, oh, we need to talk about this. Did, did I send you oh. something? Mm, let me check. Let me check messages here. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Did we? Oh, yeah. Well, you sent me three uh, gifts that were kind of funny, but that was this morning. Yeah. Of like, this will prep you for Lent, and they had literally nothing to do with Lent. And... Oh, we were talking about my Explorer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Explorer. But I thought there was something else. Is it first, uh, 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 maybe not. I maybe not. Thanks for back in Explorer, which I somehow thought. Oh, yeah, I know what I sent you. I know what I sent you. Oh, here it is. We're back. Next week, we'll starting a new call on a pandemic, lit liturgy. Yeah, I mean, or I, I raise to, the Toygantic. That was it. Raise the, raising of the Toygantic. Yes. Uh, so I <laughs> that hope funny. that we can get uh, the artist Randy Regeer on here. Oh, that'd be awesome. He has a, uh, some, some uh, folks created a 26 minute documentary, actually kind of a mockumentary <laughs> about uh, something called the uh, Toygantic. Um, it's an incredible toy boat. And, and what, what's fascinating is Randy doesn't create a piece of art. He creates a whole narrative behind the piece of art. That's, I love that. That's cool. Uh, but um, I would like to see if we can get him on. Oh, hey. just, yeah. One thing I'd recommend to anybody, if you're trying to come up with some ideas for Lent, just uh, Google or go to your go to your search and search uh, for some gifts and type in Lenten and go with the first three that come up. And that's what I did. That's what I sent you this morning. That's yeah. Which I have no idea what any of them are. <laughs> I don't know either. I know the Jeffrey Epstein meme, of course. Well, but th did you read the words of that first one? Yeah, that was strange. Yeah, yeah, I just don't get that. And then there was, then there was, yeah, the, but it's a, it's a, it's a crawfish <laughs> writing out oh, about Epstein. Yeah. Oh my word. So, anyway, some great, great resources there. Some, some ways to to uh, spur greater creativity. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make and a connection. Next week, we have a guest. Who do we got? We Remind have Tobin me. 
Miller Shearer. Okay, Tobin Miller Shearer. And Tobin is professor of African-American studies at University of Montana. I always get confused with Montana State or University of Montana. He's a grizzly, oh, not a bobcat, I'm pretty sure. There you go. So, and so we'll have a <laughs> conversation with him. And, and I think one of the angles of the conversation might be interesting is to think about, you know, what, what one of the things that I talked with him several months ago is like, what, what does, you know, awareness for Black Lives Matter and, you know, many of the, you know, civil rights issues. And he used to do diversity training years ago in the Mennonite church. And it's where I first heard about him. But how does that fit into the Pacific Northwest where we are? Um, you know, and I don't want to make it exclusively to our exclusive to our region, but there's some unique challenges, I think. Just just the thought in my head of teaching African American studies in Western Montana Oof. sounds okay. unexpected. Totally. So, totally. <laughs> so he's our guest next week. We'll be looking, we'll look forward to having a having a visit with him. I love it. That sounds great. Heck yeah. All right. I think we're good. Okay. We good? I think we got good. it. Do we got something people can work with here? If not, they should tell us. <laughs> if they don't like it, they don't need to tell us. But if they do like it, they should say so and share it with others. <laughs> exactly. Do we only want Straight to hear to good them. news? <laughs> only good news, please. So we'll see. My heart is too fragile. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. All right. Well, Love I'm going to stop recording here in just a moment. Say bye. Bye, everybody. Oh, by the way, that was Morning Cody. And I never introduced myself. Broken. I'm Craig. Morning is far from broken. It still hasn't come yet. It's tomorrow. It's afternoon by now. Oh, no, you're still oh, yeah. in the morning. Oh, yeah. It's 10.30. Yeah, it's true. Here. I mean, I'm looking at noon right now almost. So That's true. Yeah. yeah. Time zones. Enjoy your morning. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining Cody Stoffer and me, Craig Morton, for this podcast. We simply try to record and upload without much editing. What you get is live conversation with all its ignorance and insight, wisdom and foolishness, sometimes more of one than the other, and occasionally profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment. And look for upcoming Facebook Live podcasts where you can interact with our guests. Also, we can be found on Twitter as at All That's Holy. Our intro and outro music is by At The Speed Of Darkness. Support At The Speed Of Darkness on Bandcamp and buy his music there. As well as follow him on Instagram at At The Speed Of Darkness. 